So we've been looking at Roots Down, Walls Down, and this is just another one of those. Um, Roots Down to um, put our lives deep within God, within heavenly places, within the kingdom of God. And Walls Down, just breaking down our boundaries, making sure that we're open-hearted, we're open-handed towards our neighbours, towards our community. So this morning I'm going to look at gratitude. Now to me, this is a really important uh, topic and has changed my life, has made me more resilient, has brought happiness into my life. So I urge you to listen well and to, to open your hands to everything God's got for you this morning. So before we start, I'd like to look at what culture we're living in that actually can restrict, really restricts gratitude. Because with the adverts that are going out, and I've got a quiz for you in a second, we learn, we learn to want and to look forward to the next thing rather than be grateful for what we have. So I've got five um, lines here. I'd like you to identify what um, item do you think these uh, adverts from? So the first one is, because you're worth it. L'Oreal. Number two, the best a man can get. Gillette. They're great. (laughs) Frosties. Just do it. Nike. And beans means? Yes. So we know all these. Now, have you revised them? Did I go away and get you to think about them? No. Our culture has inbred these into the very fibre of our being. Because it around us, our messages, on billboards, on TV, on our apps, on our phones, that prime us to want more, to be more, to have more to go where we haven't been, to have the best car, to be more of the perfect person, to have that lovely cleaned kitchen floor, to have the perfect family. And um, from the time we ask kids what they want for Christmas to our Amazon wish list, we're always wanting the next thing. And um, it stirs up in our hearts discontentment, competition, comparison, comparing what other people have got compared to how we're getting on, on measuring those things. And gratitude becomes countercultural, and it's something that we have to deliberately go after and train ourselves in. So what is gratitude? Gratitude is really closely related to thankfulness. It's thankfulness cousin. And thankfulness is when you want something or you'd like something and you get it, and therefore you offer thanks to the person, the deity, the day that brings the thing, and it's a celebration of an act of goodness that you've benefited from. But gratefulness is quite different to that because gratefulness is a way of being. Now, I couldn't find a definition that I like, so I've written my own. Um, gratefulness is a state of heart which, where the daily chorus of thankfulness erupts. It's a place from where I find an appreciation of life. It's a deliberate and conscious choice to see every circumstance in the light of blessing and good things. I'll read that again. Gratitude is a state of heart where the daily chorus of thankfulness erupts. It's a place from where I find an appreciation of life. It's a deliberate and conscious choice to see every circumstance in the light of blessing and good things. So we're going to unpack those a little bit and we're going to start with the first line. Gratitude is a state of heart from where the daily chorus of thankfulness erupts, is a place from where I find an appreciation of life. Sometimes in life, we wait for the big things, 
for the big blessings, for the major, major things that happen in life. But actually, we find that every day there are small places of thankfulness that we can, we can just appreciate and thank God in. Everyday small things. And God has been speaking to me especially about not despising the day of small things, but making sure every day is full of small things. So it might be the wind that brushes your cheek, the smell of baking bread, the ladybird that just lands on your finger, the bird that's singing overhead, the cloud that makes a funny shape, um, your bed that you've slept in, the water that you've drunk, a day of lots of small things all erupting from your heart of gratitude from a place you find appreciation of life. The next one, it's a deliberate and conscious choice. Everybody has to go through life for days and seasons, and some days and some seasons are better than others, and some days and some seasons are really, really hard. Through it all, we get to decide how we choose to react. It's always our choice how we react to the things that come across. And we can always find those small things of thankfulness and that gratitude that we can choose to cultivate. So take the Apostle Paul. He was shipwrecked, beaten, put in prison, let down. He had so many tragedies come across his life. I don't think any of us have had that many. And yet you see him singing songs of thankfulness with a heart full of gratitude to God even in the tragic circumstance, even in the really hard days, there are always small things, small moments of thankfulness our hearts can erupt in praise with. So do we choose gratitude and happiness? Um, C.K. Chesterton wrote a lovely little thing. He said, gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. I love that expression of it. So next one, it's a place from where every circumstance is seen in the light of blessings and good things. I don't know if anybody's watched the film Pollyanna. And it's a film about a little girl and everywhere she goes, she has a game. And she says, wherever I am, I can always find things to be glad about. And then in the film, she gets hit by a car and she loses the use of her legs. And she says, I can't find anything else to be glad about. And then all of a sudden, her neighbours come around her and they find things to help her find things to be glad about. And all of a sudden, her gratitude comes back. It's a lovely little story. And in our community work, we found, within the pandemic especially, that we found among us in this town and in this area, there are people who have tragic lives, who have no, nothing. They don't have houses, or they have houses in disarray. They don't have families, or they have families in disarray. They have no food. They have babies with no food or no clothes. Um, and, and it's really hard when you, when you come across people with such tragic lives, but you can still cultivate gratitude in that time. But sometimes we look upon people who have had abusive lives or have been in prison and we say, well, thank goodness I'm not like that. And that's our expression of thankfulness. But actually, I'm going to challenge us all in something that I felt God challenged me. And he kind of said, I said, what, what are you owed in life? And I kind of said, what do you mean, God? And he says, well, do you feel like you are owed your pay because you work? Do you feel you owe a vac free vaccination because you are born in England? Do you feel you are owed a free education so that you can learn to speak and, and write? 
Are you owed a decent house, a holiday? Are you owed fresh water or roof over your head? Are you owed to be spoken to respectively? Because God says that none of these are owed. They're all good gifts that come from heaven. They're all good gifts that come from the Father's heart. Ultimately, everything in this world has come from one place. It's come from God's heart, God's Father's heart, which is full of love and kindness. And everything that has been given to you has been born from that place. It isn't that we, we're owed it. It's that he chooses to give it to us. He chooses to love us. He chooses to rescue us. He chooses to stand among us and give us the best. And in James 1 verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and every perfect gift comes from him. So sometimes we have to look at ourselves and think, well, I'm not doing too badly. My life's not too bad. Um, I'm satisfied with the way I'm I'm trying to be a little bit perfect. It's not too bad. But actually by doing that, we're taking away the fact that he has given us everything that we are. For some of us, we know we're not great. We know that we've messed up. We know that we've fallen short. We know that when we truly look at ourselves, we see somebody who isn't doing so well and hasn't got it all together. And then when we look at God, we see what he's given us and how amazing he's blessed us. Gratitude, to be truly grateful, you have to come face to face with your failures and your mistakes in order to realise what's truly been given you. And when the grateful are rooted in eternity's truth, that we have been given everything that is good. Our pathway to heaven is filled with praise of the grateful towards God. So what does that gratefulness really look like? What does praise really look like from the grateful? There's a beautiful passage and I want to turn to it. It's from Luke 7, verse 36 to 40. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. Oh my goodness. And he went to the Pharisee's house in the region of Galilee and reclined at the table. Now there was a woman in the city who was known as a sinner. And when she found out that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began wetting his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head and respectfully kissed his feet as an act signifying both affection and submission. And she anointed them with the perfume. Now when Simon the Pharisee who had invited them saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that he, that she is a notorious sinner and an outcast devoted to sin. Do we genuinely think that Jesus didn't know who was touching him? The Bible says that she is probably a prostitute. We don't know whether she was sold whether she had any parents, whether she was left alone and destitute. We don't know if she was addicted to anything, whether she was poor. 
whether she'd been raped or come from another country and had nothing. But we know this. She had been devoted to sin. She had been an outcast. She knew who she was. She was well aware that people were judging her. She was well aware that she had found one without judgment. It says, I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. She was well aware of this man who loved her so much, he was willing to restore her to a place of honor, to restore her to a place of goodness, that everything that came from this person, Jesus, she was so grateful for. And what about us? Do we read this and think, well, I'm not a prostitute. What's this got to do with me? But actually the Bible says every time we turn from our first love and every time we're unfaithful with our devotions and we place them on something else, we're falling short. We're turning away. And we've had our challenges and our bad experiences. We've been in places where we felt judged by people and where we felt bad and outcast. We've all been broken at some point. And we know that part of our story, part of our testimony is that we saw Jesus, that we came to find someone who loved us. We came to find someone who forgave us and accepted us and that we came to be grateful for everything he made us into. This is gratefulness, to know who we are and what he has truly done for us. So what does grateful look like for Jesus? Because we see that Jesus was grateful. He often rose and took the bread and the wine and took it to heaven and gave thanks to God. He said he could do nothing by himself, but it was with God. And you see a gratefulness and appreciation of Jesus for the Father and his relationship. Jesus was grateful. He was, had a heart full of gratitude to the Father. So what does gratefulness look for like for us? Gratitude is a state of mind that changes us, changes our hearts, changes our happiness, makes us more perseverance and, and causes us to be more resilient. It makes us generous as we see people, everything we have is a blessing and we want to bless others. It makes us, causes us to worship as we see and are thankful to our God. It causes us to be compassionate as we are grateful for everything that we have and we realize that we have not been perfect and we want to help people who have not, who've had things difficult. It stops us trying to be perfect because we know being imperfect is okay and we can be grateful for every gift that God gives us when we're not doing well. It stops us complaining. It stops us giving comparisons. It stops us in competition. It stops us looking down on people. It also, for my own personal testimony, helps with the fight of depression and the fight of resilience. When you're in the morning and you wake up and your heart sinks as you have to look at everything, and it's not because the day is bad, it's because you haven't got the energy to go with it. But as soon as you wake up and you just stop, and the first thing you do is you find something to be grateful for, it changes your life. So how does this change our walls down? If we mix gratefulness with compassion, it's a powerful mission. Because we have the gratefulness of knowing that God is a fantastic miracle giver of healing, of food, of the small things in life. And we can give these to others through our love. 
Just as um, we saw the woman who was overwhelmed with gratitude for what God's done for her, we believe anybody can be changed. Anybody can be transformed. However deep they get, however far they go, they can be changed by God's love. And that is the key of gratitude and compassion. It's powerful. It never lets us give up on anybody. Never lets us stop. Always keeps us going. Is a little of a powerhouse in our hearts. So how can I deliberately cultivate a grateful heart? It's a muscle. You have to cultivate it daily to be strong. Because of all these messages that we find in the world that says, I want more, I need this, I need this, I have to do this. Rather than standing there saying, thank you. So name what you are grateful for daily. Get used to looking for those small things. Every time you walk out, every time you walk, just get your head round. I need to, I'm looking for grateful things here. In the morning, like I said, the first thing you do when you wake up is say thank you for God. and Be grateful for the day. Be grateful that you're still breathing. Be grateful that you've got things to achieve. The last thing at night, lie down and be grateful that he was with you during the day. Be grateful for the people you've met on your walk. Be grateful for what you've learned. How about try a gratitude journal? There are ones you can buy online. There's loads now. Or just get a, uh, a nice looking journal that you like and just every day just put something small that you're grateful for. How about a gratitude app? I've got one on my tablet. I use that every day. And what's so great about some of the apps is when you press it, you run out of ideas. You press it and it says, what, great, what book have you been grateful for? What experience have you been grateful for today? What new th- thing have you learned today that you'd like to be grateful for? What food have you been grateful for that you've eaten today? And it gives you ideas when you run out on those days when you're feeling quite low. Or just sing songs of gratitude. In your heart, when there's a radio on and it's a modern song, just add your own words of gratitude and praise. Start there every time. And also together as a body, ask each other, what are you grateful for today? Pray for each other. Pray for the things that you are grateful for. In your family hubs, as you meet on the streets, don't say, how are you doing? Ask each other, what are you grateful for today? And that will will pick you up. So just as I finish, I've just got a verse from Colossians that says, Let the message of Christ dwell amongst you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitudes from your hearts. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so grateful to you for everything that you've done for us that you have chosen to love us, that you have chosen to give us good things. God, that we have fallen short and and we deserve nothing, but you have picked us up and you have brought us into a different place and you have restored our hearts and our souls. And Father God, we ask you that you teach us to be grateful people, people full of gratitude, who have a heart state of gratitude wherever they are, They change the atmosphere. They change the life. They mix it with compassion and mix it into mission. Father God, that you would teach us on a day-to-day basis to stretch this muscle of gratitude, that we may be more like you, that we may be happier, more resilient, and more persevering. In Jesus' name, amen.